0: We're here, live, at Sotheby's for Luxury Week. Yes. Uh, not only we're we here, we happen to be in a very special room. Yeah. We are in uh, a presentation. This is an exhibition for the world of Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman. Uh, this is a special exhibition where they have artifacts, collectibles, home goods that belong to the couple on display here, uh, that you can bid and, uh, and purchase um so this is a a special treat we happen to be sitting on paul newman's furniture
1: yes on the man's couch i know it's (laughs) kind of surreal on (laughs) this carpet we got the pig
0: i know it's wild
2: very good taste
0: um we're joined this evening by a very special guest my friend shahendra hello watch collector extraordinaire how are you sir good how are you doing i'm fantastic thank you for joining us this evening thanks for having me this is episode 58 is it? I think so. Yeah, you missed fifty-seven. I missed 57. Mm-hmm. You missed fifty-seven, but we got you back. I'm glad we got you in one piece. In one piece. <laughs> <laughs> Technically too, but yeah. <laughs> um well as is tradition, we're gonna start with the honorary wrist check. I'm gonna kick it to my friend Rashawn. What do you got on the wrist this evening, sir? Um so, so good.
3: <laughs> I haven't been able to take it off.
0: The man who never repeats a watch is it's still repeating. repeating.
3: Yes. So for those who listen, those who are watching, um, my title is the man that doesn't repeat a watch. Um, Throughout our 50-some-odd episodes, of course, I um, find myself wearing new timepieces. And I bragged on the show about how many watches I own. Clearly over 40 50 watches. Um, This one, since I've acquired it, has just been the one I can't take off. Um, 5726, um, Patek Philippe Nautilus. Um, on a custom uh, so genre a so yeah shark skin strap. Nice. Um, I wanted to keep it aquatic, of course, with um, the skin. It is a professional watch. It's a diver, so, like, you know, why not keep it in its um, true essence? So, solid
1: choice. Ben, what do you got for us this evening? Uh, I'm also wearing a dive watch. Okay. It's a Zelos Makos Hammerhead. Wow. It's number 24 to 300. I got lucky on this one. Respect. This is the one I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I had help getting. Uh hammered burnt orange dial. I love the so dial. It kind of looks like the none sky. Of, none of the dials are the same. In <laughs> <And> fact, <laughs> if you're in New York right now, it it's literally looks like outside, the sky, but we'll get it's through it. As New Yorkers do. Yes. Um yeah, I mean, I figured I figured it was time I busted out. It has some battle scars on it so it looks a good now. It looks good, man.
0: Again, I'm 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 glad you're back with us in One Piece. Um, no, the piece looks amazing, and, and now you've got an amazing story to oh, tell. A watch
1: under $500 survived the motorcycle crash. Yeah. It's supposed um, to show you quality is not always in the price.
0: I'll, I'll save our guest of honor for last. I'll, I'll introduce what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a new watch. Yeah? I am.
3: <laughs> I- <laughs> and, 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 this is, and this is in your candidate. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, so,
0: a few episodes back, we had a, a friend of the pod, uh, Eric Wind of Wind Vintage, on the show. And um, it was actually our first time meeting him in person when mm-hmm. we, we had him on the couch. And we kicked it off and became, I mean, we became like best friends almost yeah. immediately. It was kind of wild. Yeah. And um, he went back to Florida. I'd been scouring his website and I saw this piece and I hit him immediately and I was like, Eric, we gotta figure something out because I have to have this. This is my favorite reference um, in, in this particular model. And we worked it out, it, it took about a month uh, and now sitting on my wrist is a vintage two-tone Nautilus 3,800 1AJ. And I, I think I'm done collecting watches. <laughs> <laughs> never know, sure I don't think I'll take it off. I think, I think I'm yeah, all right. I think I'm all right. But uh, major shout out to Eric. Um, dear, dear friend. Uh, can't wait when you and Charlie are back in town to hang out with you again. Much appreciated. I am going to wear this in good health. Uh, Chandra, what do you have for us this evening, sir? Uh,
2: I have a Royal Oak Jumbo 15202 Ooh. ST, one of the last serials of the 15202. Amazing. Got it from AP in New York. Okay. And it's probably, it is my favorite watch. And okay. It's the one that I think has the most like uh, sentimental value, just because like the whole journey to even getting there. Yeah. To better, yeah. You know,
0: amazing. Yeah, amazing. So moving along. Uh, Shahendra, where are you from? What,
2: who are you? Uh, I was born in Suriname. Okay. It's a small country in South America. Not much people know it. It's part of the Dutch Caribbean. Um, it's in between Guyana and French Guyana, mm-hmm. right above Brazil. Uh, and I moved here when I was about six years old. Okay. To the
0: Bronx. Oh wow! Wow. Barchester, See, yeah. See? Bronx what you See. We're <laughs> even now. Yeah, we're even. <laughs> <laughs> two guys from Brooklyn and two we guys from We got the Bronx. Yankees. We got Ralph Lauren. And we have my friend right here. I'm in good company. (laughs) I did study. You got Michael Jordan.
2: I studied undergrad in the Bronx. Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) So yeah, lived there, and then uh, my family moved around a lot when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. so I lived in New York, I lived in Pennsylvania, Miami, and I had my formative years, I'd say, in Minneapolis. Okay. um, Which is teenage years, and then I moved back to New York for college, I went to Hunter. Okay, wow, Yeah. nice. CUNY. Yep. And then, yeah, started in my career from there.
0: And so your career now. I know today you work. You work in the music industry, mm-hmm. but you're on the you're on the marketing side.
2: Uh, yeah, so I work at Island Records. Yeah.
0: You work and you do digital marketing. I do creative. Creative marketing. Okay. How did uh, how does how does this young man who moves to the U.S. grows up in the Bronx, moves around, wind up collecting watches? How, when did this love affair start with you?
2: I think it starts. I think, like was most people, and I'll date myself a bit here, like in the '80s. Okay. Um, it probably starts with like Transformers, Voltron, that kind of. Okay. Like, like when you move to this country from a tropical country. Yeah. You don't really have like, the first entry points are, television, right? So, yep. yeah. hip hop is a thing mm. with Run DMC and kind of MTV's catering. Then you have. Um, you know, the, the, the cartoons, right? and you kind of get fascinated by just this design aspect. And as you start seeing more of the merchandising, you're like, oh, I want the transformer watch, or I want the thing that looks like yeah. that. So it kind of informs a lot of like your thinking growing up mm. and the things that you're into. And like back then, you know, the coolest watch you could have was like a Casio calculator watch, right? Because mm. right? it told time, but it also did math. Yes, so yeah. it was like this kind of revolutionary thing. And as you get older and you start learning about more things and you start seeing the brands you go okay I start and, I, and you know Rolex is expensive or this mm-hmm. is like aspirational thing you start working towards those goals and it's not until like I think I entered the first phase in my career when I started seeing people who were you know very well uh, accomplished and that was kind of their signifier of like oh this is the outside of a house or a nice car or mm. whatever they had like these were like their measurements of success, yeah, and then you start asking yourself, well, why that? Mm. Why that? It's it's not, you know, this is the time obviously, where there are cell phones and there's where to tell time. It's like, well, why are you guys still buying watches and how much do they cost? And then right. you start understanding it's not about just the utility. It's about the craftsmanship, the story, the heritage. All of these things. All of these things of, come yeah. together. And I think, you know, for me, the most important thing was. I think I came to fruition in my career like the beginning of the the digital social era okay and at that same time is when you're seeing the mechanical world kind of take a step back right mm-hmm. and for me it's like well there's not going to be a lot of these things regardless of what they're like i was i still am i bought vinyl you know, yeah. for as long as i can remember right and then there was a time when people would say oh vinyl's not gonna be a thing and i was like i'm still gonna buy it yeah i yeah. still love the art and the medium of that right um the same way you you start looking at like that is why I think I applied it to watches like this is a kind of a craftsmanship thing that goes with it and mm. it becomes more interesting.
0: There's something it. romantic about it. Absolutely. Right? It's the same way. It's like you're talking about, you know, collecting records. And even though everything has gone digital, there's something about analog that's like incredibly warm and satisfying and tactile and, and tactile. And, and there's. Um, there's a spirit or nature that's involved too that requires your attention. Yeah. Right? Like the act of like getting up and, and setting your watch, winding your watch. The same thing with like putting a record on it. Putting totally the record on
2: learning how to where the where the songs fall in the yep. groove, you know, even flipping the record over. And also you know, like you'll know when you listen to something. Track six is where this ends. And yeah. You have to turn it over. Yeah. 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 Right? It's very un it's a very intimate and involved process when mm. it comes to listening to something like that.
0: So, let me ask you, do you, do you remember the, the first timepiece you fell in love with?
2: The first timepiece I think I fell in love with was Rolex Submariner. Okay. Right? So, like, <laughs> you get into James Bond, yep. you see that iconic shot, and, yeah. it, and it stands out. It's almost like they subliminally put it in there. Yeah. It's like programming. And, right, they program. <laughs> They're like, you need to know what this is. And I remember mean, it was a cool shot, right? He smokes a cigarette looks at the watch. Yeah, yeah we're, like,
1: we're the tux- with a tuxedo on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's in Jamaica. So it's like
2: yeah. it becomes this much cooler thing. And you're like, okay, I James Bond's wearing it. And you, at that time, there wasn't anything cooler than yeah. that, right? Sure. And this is even before, like, again, that's before I was even born. Mm. But, you know, he's at that, I think that time, when you start watching those movies in order, like my dad watched all the James, so we'd watch them all in order. Yeah. And, like, probably Omega was the sponsor but at the time that I was. Old enough to pay attention, yeah. But I knew this was the thing. I didn't really understand why yeah. they switched. Yeah. I didn't know why you like changed watches. Licensing. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> like, that. I was like, oh, you just maybe that one has a missile in it or something. You yeah. know? But I was like at the first thing I was like, oh, that's that's cool.
0: Mm. You know. So
2: you brought the marketing some worked. Marketing <laughs> worked, yeah. and yeah, you had a question? No.
0: Okay, uh, so you brought some some watches for us today too, and you have a, a special Rolex. Yeah. In uh in the watch roll, you want to pull that out. Oh, yeah
2: got this guy here
0: so this is a new acquisition clearly yeah um, how did this go down when did you when did you acquire this
2: uh, I got it a couple months ago I think um, and I got my started I got it from the same person that I kind of started my buying relationship with in watches okay did
1: you see what I did when you handed it to me you flipped it up that <laughs> <time>. <laughs> um, I
2: got it from uh, my ad my Rolex ad uh, George Mayer okay i uh, of Nice. Um and you know, when I started when I got into watches, I didn't know the right way to enter. Mm. So like most people, I think, my age, I went on the internet and went on a forum. Yeah. went on time zone and I was like, How do I get this watch? Is this right. a good watch? And it was the Rolex Submariner. Mm. The no date and he actually responded and was like, Hey, give me a call and we'll talk and mm. I was like, This is a guy from the internet. Like there's no yeah. way <laughs> there's no way this is legit, you know? Yeah. And he uh, turned out to be very legitimate, very gracious, and talked me through the whole process. And this is like 20, 2010. Okay. So back then, you could just go in. Yeah. Get a watch. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't what it yeah, was. You get a sub. Yeah, so you get a sub, just walk right in. And, and, yeah. and he was like, "Listen, try it on, see if you like it, and if if you do, we'll we'll, we'll make it happen." I said, "Okay, cool." I did that. I got it, and. Back then, it was like, you shouldn't have spent as much money as you did on the yeah, watch, right? sure. I wasn't, and I was like, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, that was the one. I got it. I still have it to this day. Actually, my cousin has it, and the deal that I have with him is you can hold on to this watch, but when your son, who's my godson, mm-hmm. turns 18, yeah, it's that's his right, watch. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So he's six now?
1: Okay, so <laughs> so gotta he's got a little time. Oh, Your cousin's going to enjoy that for a oh, little bit. Yeah. But
2: I, I think that's kind of the thing, right? I yeah. think it's, it's, it goes back to like the old Patek advertisements where it's like, you don't really own them, you kind of take care of them, you pass it on to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really know where the world of mechanical watches is going to go in terms of just longevity and mm-hmm. all these other things, and even the demand for them. I know the demand is sky high right now. Yeah. But. Who knows what happens? And you know, we walked in today and the sky was orange. So yeah. but you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you when you were looking for a sub, did you specifically want a no date? Oh, specifically wanted a no date. Why? Because that's for Sean, Conner so. <laughs> Sean Connery was wearing. Yeah. And the thing is, I did the research and yeah. I was like, oh, you know, it was like, I think it was reference 5513 or 5512. Yeah. So yeah. of course I'm looking it up and I'm like, oh, I want this. Then I saw the price and He's I was like, like yeah, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah. It's yeah. completely yeah. different. <laughs> 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 different. Right. I was like, this is completely different than this one. But because I had the relationship with uh, With George, you know he explained it to me he was mm. like, there's this whole other thing this this vintage world, and you know people are looking for guilt dials and all these other yeah. kind of subculture nuanced things that you mm. don't really know when you're getting into it, yep. and then once you're in you're just like, all right you know but the but the person who really i think and I gave him all the credit for really because he advised me that to even get that watch was uh Ben climber from hodinki
0: yeah so this is this is really interesting too because so Ben climber. He, he, he influenced you in, in, in getting this piece, but I know that he was getting a lot of pieces, including yeah, this. Yeah, okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> but this was that you met him at a time like before Hodinkee was really yeah. Hodinkee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, um,
2: I was at Rock Nation, and I was uh, in the process of what would become Jay Z's website, Life and Times, which is kind of like the the world through Jay's lens mm. um, as as a magazine. Jay being a big watch guy, uh, that was one of the verticals I always wanted to tackle, and. I reached out to a friend of mine. I said, hey, I need somebody who kind of knows this space. I don't really know it. Mm. And he was like, oh, there's this guy named Ben. He has a, a, a blog called Hodinki. I'll connect you. Mm. I said, okay. And I, was, like, I looked at the site. And at the time, it was, you know, if you were looking for watch writing, it was either really, really technical or it was very, like, and it was sparse or it was very, like, this is out now, you can go buy it. It was like affiliate yeah. And market. I think at
0: this time he was running it on Tumblr. He was running it on Tumblr. It was
2: a Tumblr page. He was just this guy who loved watches. Yeah. And we struck up a friendship, and he was like, listen, I have this story You know, I've been wanting to write, and I've got my blog going, but I've got this other platform that we can use for life and times, which was the name of Jay's platform. And he's like, I want to do it on the, the Royal of Jumbo. Mm. And I was like, great. Sure, man, like, you clearly know this better than I yeah. do. So, yeah, it's just a really, really well done piece, and it ends up actually becoming its the first piece we ever published on that site. Oh, wow. And so what I was getting into, like, actually looking to buy my first, like, I had a Hamilton before, mm-hmm. but I don't really count that as a luxury watch. It was a nice watch, but it wasn't, yeah. like. I love Hamilton. Yeah, it was a, a field watch.
0: Nice.
2: And um, he, uh, I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, I'm looking for, you know, what should I get? This Rolex? He's like, no, it's a good watch. It's, you know, it's a great piece. You should get it. Mm-hmm. Rolexes are great. He's like, but you should get this. You should look at this other watch. It's called, you know, the Jumbo. And I was like, yeah, from a sub hey, to a. Right. And I was like, yeah, this is 2010. Yeah. Pandora's box. So I was like, well, you know, again, not really understanding how to even get to it. And this is when AP was at other, at other authorized retailers. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you can't just get it. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, that's the hardest one. And I was like, why would you tell me this yeah. <laughs> and he's like no no you, you can figure it out back then obviously this is when the pre-owned market was a lot different mm. it was like i think they were going for like 16 mm. pre-owned box papers for a jumbo mm-hmm. like it's insane a shame. insane to think <laughs> about that now, right yeah. mm-hmm. and i didn't get it because i didn't have the money back then i was like i can't afford this thing i can't afford yeah. this thing. Mm. but it kind of put the bug in me right so i was like okay mm. i'm gonna get i'm gonna start thinking more specifically about where I want this kind of hobby journey right. signifier thing to go. Mm. And, you know, every so often I'll, you know, still hit him to this day and be like, what do you think of this? Yeah. And then he'll send me things, hey, I just picked this up. And I'm That's like, cool. wow, you win. But I'm like, you win, like, you've got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this vintage this Porsche and, <laughs> yeah. and this RD3, like,
0: it's good, it's good. Yeah, he's done well for himself. He's <laughs> a great guy, great, great friend. Great, so, great. you get introduced to AP through Ben Clymer, what is it about AP that you found a- appealing initially, like what was it like when he showed it to you? Like, all right, this clicks. I get it.
2: Well, I'd seen AP before because when I worked at Echo, you know, the principals of that company, they were like offshore guys. Mm. And this is like 2005, six somewhere around there. Okay. So like that's a time when yeah. watches were bigger and could, they were more prominent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd known what it was. And it's actually, a funny story: the guy who was the president of Echo, the number two part, the, the number two guy. I guess he was the number one guy as well. He was just the, he was wasn't—he yeah. wasn't Mark. This guy Seth, he was obsessed with time. Mm. So you'd go into his office, and he would have a wall of just uh, hourglasses. Oh wow! And just all he would do is just have these different uh, uh, things that would measure time. Okay. And I asked him one day, I was like, "Why? Do you, why what is this your obsession?"
0: Yeah.
2: And he's like, "The only thing I can't control is time." Okay. So he kind of had this thing as a reminder of like how everything was fleeting and how easy it was for time to pass. Like he kind of had all these like, you know, very Zen ways of looking at it. All right. And, but he was a watch guy. So you'd all seem him with a Rolex or an AP or a Panerai, like all those type of things. And I started being, like, okay, what's that? And he would tell me, and it's this. Okay, this is this, this is a Patek. He had a really good collection. Mm. And so as I moved further on, I kind of had the cursory knowledge of like, I knew what these brands were. I just didn't really know the heritage. And then like Ben kind of would, give me the, the the cliff notes or george would and then i go okay then i read on my own mm-hmm. right so then i started just learning so when i got into really got into ap it was much like watching cartoons as a kid it was about design yeah you know so like i remember watching you know even being in this room like thinking about the things that were iconic in me growing up were really well-designed cars right right like i'd look at the Countach mm-hmm. and the testarossa and a lotus esprit and i'd go wow those look cool like they're angular. Yeah. And then you look mm-hmm. at a Royal Oak and you go, oh, this is also kind of similar angular, angular yeah. watch in a time where everything is very round, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that just spoke to me. And then also learning about the story, you know, the Genta story of like, and again, it's evolved over time, right? Like right, you yeah. You learn more, when, especially when they did the 50th anniversary. You learn more about the, the uh, you know, it was the last minute and you had to do a sketch and then, yeah. and then it worked. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, It's almost like a, it's just like one of those things where it's like- It's a legend. It's it's a legend and that's what makes it cool because for me, it's like you have this thing that kind of defies expectations. Mm. It's not unlike the, you know, Michael Jordan, like the first Air Jordan. Yeah. Right. It has that same kind of storytelling that goes into it where it's like this defiant object that just becomes this pop culture phenomenon Mm. because it went against what everybody else was doing. Mm -hmm. And it either works out perfectly
0: or fails. Or completely <laughs> fails and no one ever talks. And people
2: talk about it like they talk about, you know, something that could have been something and it just yeah. brick. But, like, I think that's kind of what always attracted me to it. And then as I learned more, you know, I just, th- that's kind of what brought me to, oh, there's time and date and now mm. there's chronographs and now, the, you know, there's perpetual calendars and all these other things. And then I would learn more about Patek, right, who are masters of, of these things. <laughs> <laughs> and these are much higher complicated watches and then even like, you know, when you get into that level of like, there's another layer, another layer, another layer, and all these time pieces, then there's a heritage and a great story behind them. I think what's cool, and, I, and a lot of friends that I have as they're getting into it, I think what's cool is like, they all have stories as to why. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest things for me is like, helping a friend or a friend's spouse or girlfriend, whoever, acquire a piece, because I'm like, hey, this is who you should reach out to, and here's why, and then they come back, and they're like, oh, wow, like, now I have a cool story to go, why this, why I got yeah. this, you know, I yeah. saw this. It's not like I just went into the store and said, it's like buying a car. You don't mm-hmm. walk into, and most people I know don't walk in the car dealership and go, you that give one, you that car. You go in with <laughs> yeah. something in your head.
0: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. So, you know, there's a the, the running theme there is, is storytelling. And I can't help but think about that. Perhaps there's some parallels that you see um, with collecting and your career. And I'm curious how you sort of look at the state of, of the watch industry through your lens.
2: I think now what I'm seeing more is, there's more of a, a, a general, there's more of a general sense that you need to tell the heritage of mm-hmm. the brands and the story. I think now what I'm seeing more is there's and, and I give a lot of credit to you guys, um, you know, CP Time, Hodinkee, all these guys, who have kind of taken this path of like yes there's an education on the brand but now you're getting really specific into the actual make and model yeah and i think what you're finding now at least for my friends you're not really finding people who are like oh i'm a rolex person or i'm an ap person or, i'm a Cartier person They're like i'm a santos person here's yeah. why mm-hmm. or i'm a vintage this person here or i'm a, i only want these type of you know daytonas and here's why because i think like it's like this room right like a paul newman daytona is a lot different than your standard steel Daytime, right, yeah, and it's because I think there's a storytelling heritage thing that goes into each individual piece, and that's why people I think are becoming more attractive because they're getting into the the specificity of the whole thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's a great observation. You had a
3: question? Yeah, I was gonna say just listening to like your you know beginnings and watch collecting. We talked off camera just about how like your you know early beginnings in career, and you're talking about you know things being much bigger and like. You know, he was talking about his time at Mark Echo on like fifty cent when he designed um the uh the T shirt. It was like mm. the only way you you uh wear this shirt is if you have a bulletproof vest under, which was like <laughs> his marketing and all of those kind of things. And like what I what I think about is, you know, the purpose. The purpose and how intentional it is. And when you look around this room, everything here is very intentional. Um, you know, why you collect it? why you see the these things this way and it's very funny how you talk about like the collector now is becoming more educated they are um looking through a different lens it's not about oh you know you have the nautilus or you have you know the hottest thing smoking it's like no no this has to speak to me and how you started your collecting was the pieces actually speaking to you. Mm. Of course, you know, you start out, as like, oh yeah, I wanna, you know, the, the Sean Connery-like Rolex, sure, but then there's a part of you that's like, well, you know, I wasn't in that space then, but I will be there in, at some point.
2: Yeah, I think you end up like, you know, there was a time when I was like, uh, uh, I need to have a Daytona. Yes. That was it, right, like, steel Daytona, this is before, the craze the f- i don't know yeah. we gotta come up with a word for that the flip
4: yeah like, you know, the, the Thanos snap before yeah. the the watch the whatever blip? the the blip yeah. <laughs> before
2: that time and i think for me it was like okay so i i was able to get one you know a pre-owned and back then you get them pre-owned for for, for less than retail. what they were retail
0: yeah
2: before the snap and i got it and i was like cool and I just didn't love the watch. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where I thought that I would, what I had to get because of some mm. thing that had been planted in my head. And when I finally got it, I was like, "This is fine, but it's not." It didn't. It, it wasn't
1: didn't special. Do it for I just you. wore it less, and I finally. How, was, how long before you realized that? I think
2: Eight months I had it, and yeah. I had it for eight months. It wasn't like I. No, everyday. you did. Yeah, you, gave, would just you like, gave it a chance. Yeah, and I would just start looking at it, and I was like, "You're not coming out. Like, you're just gonna stay right there." Yeah. And I'd force myself to like pretend I was driving, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I just, it's functional." You know, you convince yourself like, "Oh, this is you need this, this button here to figure out how fast you're going." Mind yeah, under the speedometer right there. And you know, it, it was one of those things where I was like, it, "That was kind of the moment where I was like, well, 'Well, I'm only gonna get what I want, and it doesn't really matter.'" It kind of coincided with the with this flip that happened, where I was like, "You know, I'm gonna get what I want." And then it was like, well, it's going to take a long time, mm. because that's when people started saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa there's a list," and there's a list. And I was, back then, I was like, "What do you mean? i would never encountered that." Yeah. But then I was like, "Oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Like, it's gotten more popular, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. become a thing." And so I looked out. I was like, "Okay, I'll just be patient, and yeah. I'll just be very specific on the things that I like and the things that I want, as opposed to like, I need this right now." Like, because yes. you know, like you got that, like that's got to be special. Yes. Like it's so it's so incredibly special. Yes. And you look at it and you wear it and you protect it and you're like, this is all the all the time and energy that went to getting it, not acquiring it, but just like the work that goes into it. Exactly. That's part of the thing. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, I went and I got one. It's not special. Yeah. No. It's It's like sneaker collecting. Yeah, it is. It's the same concept of like, you really go and you work hard and you're able to get something. I'm an immigrant, so like for me spending money on watches like my mom like what is wrong with you yeah i bought my mom her first rolex when for a milestone birthday and she didn't wear it for a year wow because she just had it and i was like why aren't you wearing this thing
0: and she was like it's too nice
2: and i was like, the whole point is for you to wear it (laughs) and then she was like oh i guess you're right you know what i mean so it's like
0: yeah that's so funny you 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 had something No. you talk about um you know buying what you like you come into the realization like i'm only gonna get what i'm like but I'm curious if at any point, you know, because in, in your industry, you're around a lot of people with a lot of watches. If at all, at any time, did, it, did you see it influence or shape how you were collecting? Yeah, I mean, I worked for Jay-Z for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: really good watch collection. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, I think, was like, you know, I would look at that and go, he has amazing taste and amazing pieces he so it really like does it would but it, but it would be very like intentional mm. and it wouldn't just be like, oh this is the new thing it'd be very specific and i think i you know will say that a lot of my specific thinking came from just being around that environment where it was like you don't necessarily want you know i got the bright watch i got the right watch it would be that type of thing where you're looking at it and going you know there's this specific piece in this reference number in this thing, and it doesn't necessarily matter if it's limited or not, mm. it's really about like, is the configuration interesting, mm. okay? And like, you know, John Mayer is another person that when you see like, he obviously, when he anoints something, yeah, it just it goes. <laughs> goes, but I think he's one of the people when he's like, Yeah, this is a cool piece because it's it's gold with the green face, and everybody slept on, and then the Daytona that Daytona shoots up because he's looking at it like. This is interesting. And that's yeah. kinda how I think I started. look like you know, I'm not any of those guys, but I look at it and go, This is what I like. I know what I like. Yeah. You know, and for me it's like it's not for anything else outside of just uh, rewarding yourself for being able you know, you know, very privileged position when you get to go purchase any any watch, regardless right. of, of price point, because they're not necessarily utilitarian anymore right Mm -hmm. if you really think about what it is it's you got a luxury right exactly yeah you can look at the sun outside it's It's really utilitarian you know thing but it's also kind of it's just it's it's a signifier of a lot of like hard work and things that go into it. absolutely and then also you know there's other things that are other factors in your life and if you're able to get what you want or Mm -hmm. work towards it the time that it takes even makes it more special yeah you appreciate it yeah so it's like for me like this watch was you know, I had a milestone birthday. So it was like, in theory, I'm like, yeah, it took me 40 years to get this. Yeah, wow. Like, that's yeah, how that's I look at it. That's a great way, way, way looking at it. It did, right? That's it took me effect, 40 yeah. years yeah. to get this watch. That's how, when people are like, how long did you wait? I'm like, 40 years. Yeah. Like, if that's how long it took me to get this. Because from that time and from that thinking, and then, okay, do I need this? Why, like, what, where does it fit in the world? Like, do you really need this? You already have a couple, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it becomes like, oh, I have just flipped my perspective on it, because I was like, well, that's the milestone that you've accomplished here, and then like that's kind of the position and the thinking that I take on these things now. It's like, what's the point of it? Why did you do it? And like, you know, being around people, mm-hmm. and even when I see certain, you know, friends of mine or even artists that that I that I work with or that I know, when they're getting certain pieces, I'm like, oh, they got they got something because it, it it's a signifier. Yeah, definitely. And it's special. It's interesting. Yeah, you know.
0: It's so funny, you know. You you about it took you forty years to get this piece. It reminded me of uh, a comment a friend of ours made once. He had purchased a uh, friend Tyler. He had gotten his first Rolex was a vintage service uh, watch. Right. And so it was engraved on the back. It was like Robert Smith. Thank you for twenty four years of service. And he said he's like this man work. 24 years for, for me, me to, to get, get this watch, yeah. watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, I, it was funny but yeah at the same time when you think about it like that it's 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 interesting so moving back you know you when you think about it and you know your journey in collecting you you kind of had like a really great experience in terms of um I guess sort of a um I guess we could call it an early watch education by being able to tap resources, you know, like a Ben before Hodinky blew up, like Jay-Z before people really knew the, you know, the magnitude of his watch collection. Do you ever like reminisce on on those engagements? Kind of think like, man, we were kind of like ahead of the curve or like, yeah. yeah.
2: All the time. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) In the sense of like, you know what it is? It's like when you, when you're, Ben's like one of the people that I look at and go, he's just so passionate about these things that being able to have him as a person that could ask about certain things, and you know, it's not like thumbs up, thumbs down responses, right? Sure, yeah. It's like detailed, here's what I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. here's why, here's what's important, here's what's special. Have you thought about this other thing though? Um, You know, I think for me, when you're you're at that point, it kind of helps shepherd you through the journey and you start thinking about things in a more uh, intentional way. Yes. And then you, as you meet further on, as you get to this other point, you start meeting people that are, have that same mentality, but they're also like, they become really good advisors Yeah. in terms of just like overall, don't do that, right? Or have you, or why are you doing that thing? That's interesting. You know, like I have a good friend, uh, Yoni, he's the head of watches at Material Good, and I'll hit him and ask him just a random question. Like, what do you think of this? And he'll, his response is always really candid. It's just kind of like, you know, well, is this something that you feel is going to help your collection, or is this special to you? And then yeah. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like his kind of phrasing of it. Yeah. And and I think what happens with with people like that, when you have friends like that, they're not telling you yes or no. They're just kind of making you ask the right question of like, did you really think this all the way through, or did you see whatever came out of watches and wonder? Like, yeah, oh, I yeah. it, it, like I've done that. Right? Like, I've seen yeah. like the thing yeah. that comes out, and I'm like, oh no, I need, you know, uh, the, when the Oyster Perpetual the the fun dial one. Yeah. You know, oh so yeah. I'm like, I? like you're your dipping feet. dots. I'm like there, right? I'm like, I'm like I need that. And then I'm like after I send the email, I'm like I shouldn't have I don't right? know. Like, <laughs> There's no reason. Like I just yeah. created, you know, convinced myself.
0: Yeah. So I know how important technology is uh, in your career with what you do. I'm curious if at all you apply the the, the same lens, or um, are you paying attention to advancements in technology and, and watches? Does that matter to you? Do you uh-huh.
2: I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't really know, like, I don't know what technology, new technology you can apply to mechanical watches, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because I think that's what takes away the whole thing. Unless when you get into the higher, like the less. Like high horologies. Yeah, Yeah. because then it becomes like, it's like Aston Martin, like, you know, when you see one and you open the engine bay, it has the guy who made, you know, this person inspected the car. Yeah. And it's stamped and you're like, okay, that's cool. Like this is a person that did that. Yeah. I don't know, like, I haven't seen anything where I look at and go, that's a cool thing. Mm. You know, there's some technological advancement. In terms of pure technology, what I do see is like, you know, there's these really talented watchmakers that are coming up with new configurations and they're like, Oh, how do you fit this, you know, configuration that normally works in a forty-two millimeter watch? Into a they're 37, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, well, that's to me, that's, that's crazy. Cool. Yeah. So I'm like, you know.
1: What do you think about like, well, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. It's Grand saco Spring Drive.
2: I think those are great watches.
1: Do you do, but do you see that as an advancement in mechanical I think the, watchmaking? They're
2: like, you know, quartz and, and spring drive. There's a right? quartz yeah. in it. There's a right. quartz
1: crystal in it, but the watch is mechanical.
2: I think again, it's one of those things where like they're trying and they're experimenting. You think it's kind of gimmicky? I don't think so. I think I mean I don't think anything's really. I think the position that I take, that probably sounds like a political answer. But it's like, if it's something that they're trying and it hasn't been done and it's like, oh, that's, and there's an audience for it, I think they should be able to do that. I think when it becomes gimmicky, when it's like, we're gonna do the spring drive and that's the only thing we got and it's gonna be 15 different colors. One trick pony. One trick pony, all right, that that becomes less interesting. I think it's like, and nothing, there's no variation, right? Mm. There's no complication, there's nothing additional to it. I think that's when you're like, all right, you're kind of riding that wave. Um, even when people have if I've had friends that say, "Oh, the moon swatch is a gimmick I'm like it's not for me, but it's cool yeah, like, I get yeah. it. I told it, it's yeah. a fun watch, and some people just like this is not their thing it's no. okay yeah. they yeah. want
0: a watch yeah they don't need that one that one. yeah sure you know I'm curious we, we just, all need this one though just <laughs> 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 what, what I was gonna, go ahead
3: what I was gonna mention is when you know when I'm looking at the couch, we all have like um Seventies design pieces, like these all influenced in the seventies and when you were talking about or Perry, when you asked about like innovation and in watchmaking, and I was having this conversation with a gentleman earlier today, and I told him I was like, um, in my opinion, i don't think there's any new way to make a watch, of course, like you know you do have watchmakers that are adding um like you said, how do I make this movement smaller? You know, mm-hmm. oh, let me rework the wheel on this complication, et cetera, and so on and so forth. I think the best era in watchmaking was the 70s because it pushed the um, the idea of design mm-hmm. and the external and why you loved and why you appreciated these watches. And then when you fast forward into today you know, if you take, for example, and this is not to bash any brands, but you take like, you know, Gerard Perregaux versus, you know, the AP, mm-hmm. right? And the way you and you go, oh, you know, these guys are copying these guys or whatever, and who was first to this and that. It's like, but the influence was that period. Now what you're seeing today is more of the aesthetics of things changing. Mm-hmm. So like, now it's not, let's make a new case, let's not make a new, um, you know, complication. Now you're seeing watches crazy color green dials and you're seeing this and you're seeing that. Yeah. Like you're, you're going back into the essence of why we loved and appreciated these watches. And it's not about what's this and what's that and what's better and what's not, you know? Yeah. If, that, I, if that makes any sense.
0: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I think, um, you know, to your point, um, that period, you know, I think when you think about the 70s through the 80s and what was happening in, in the watch industry, you know with the rise of the courts crisis and then just different like art design movements and everything it was just a clash of ideas that i think uh, you had groups of people some of them together others separated that were just pushing envelopes in in several different areas and you know we got lucky i think with gerald genta uh during that period designing two of probably the most iconic silhouettes for two of the probably most iconic brands today Mm -hmm. um and so now we're spoiled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, wrapping up, um, I want to ask, you know, obviously I know you love AP, you love Rolex, what other brands are, are you looking at today in terms of where you, you may be going next with, with collecting? Patek. Patek, okay. Jorn. Jorn, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it about Jorn that you like? I think there's a great story everything, there is. Right?
2: everything about it <laughs> yeah. when you try them on they're amazing pieces they really also, are it's a great story right? Yeah. it's a story of of, of you know the, whole, the myth is what is it it's like it's 900 a year yeah. and only 300 for the US and yeah. there's only three stores and there's a the whole there's thing six black labels Yeah. The there's all there's all these things yeah. you gotta do and I think it's more like and then you see the pieces and you're like oh these are really cool pieces they're amazing they're, they're uh, amazing time pieces, pieces yeah. and the way that they're finished I think is really really good but tech is obviously it's like you know it's like yeah yes it's like do you like a car do you like ferrari of course how could you not it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer um i think those probably those two
0: okay um i don't know if there's anything else on top i mean those are two great ones yeah i mean
2: but then the other thing too is like you start as you as the further you get into it i think now even more so you know than the uh uh, the other brands you start going back into the older vintage models exactly the stuff that's discontinued Mm -hmm. or like alternate That's what my heart is. I yeah, love and then vintage. I'm like, wow, that's a cool. Yeah. And I saw nikki Faldo AP the other day. Oh. oh. And I was like, this is just a weird, a tantalum? cool. Yeah. Yeah. The tassel. And I was like, a cool, weird looking watch, yeah. right? Never
1: like... seen the full kit to those. uh uh-huh. Cufflinks, a belt. Oh yeah, I heard. I've, I've heard about it. It's yeah. So silly.
2: So I mean, that's the thing. It's like you see that, and it's like it, it, it kind of speaks back to what you were saying. Like the '70s stuff. It's like you have like. People were taking design risks with fonts, yeah, yes. right. Seriously. And and when you start seeing things like that, you go, wow, like that's an interesting way of doing something. And and that's kind of where I'm looking at it now. It's like you know, there's other newer, newer brands that I don't collect, but also even within the portfolio, of the stuff that I do collect, it's like there's just things that are uncovered and they're I know. There's weird always and interesting. And yeah. there's always
0: more. Yeah. Well, this was this was a real treat, my man. Thank you for joining Thank you for us having this me. evening. Yeah. Um, Really, really enjoyed this conversation. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I think the, the main thing that I've come along with, um, sitting down with you, and what I love is I love to see, you know, someone that is a, a consummate watch collector but that, that also like really enjoys the, the path of and journey for discovery. Thank you. You've got uh, you know some amazing people that have helped you along the way. <laughs> the cheat yeah, codes. Little the cheat codes, a little bit of the cheat code. got a cheat codes. But we won't hold that against you. Um, I, I I'll sell on, the I, internet. <laughs> I can only imagine what those conversations were like. Humbly, uh, we'll have to have you back on some other time uh, to speak at length about those. But cool. much appreciated. Thank, Thank you for joining you. us. See then. Uh, you all know where to find us weekly, every Wednesday. Uh, wrist Check Pod on Instagram, Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, you can watch us on Spotify, and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, we're on Amazon Music, and maybe one day we'll be in the metaverse, I don't know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for joining us this evening, it's been a real treat, and uh, we'll see you next week.